Well, hello to everyone online and across all of Westwood campuses. It's great to be with you. And my name is Ben Griffin. I'm honored to get to bring the message today. We're doing week two in a series called This Is Us. And in this series, we're working through foundational statements uh, for Westwood about who the church is, and they speak to how we live out our faith. And so let's just review what those statements are. First off, our way of life be and love like Jesus. So Pastor Joel talked about this last week. Uh, The next one here is our heartbeat, to know God and share Jesus, the purpose. That's what we're going to talk about today. And then mission, through loving others here, near, and far. And then lastly, our values. And this is just a a Westwood clarifying, I shouldn't say clarifying, simplifying values down into three words, Jesus, people, rhythm. And so for today, what we're going to focus on is our purpose, and that is to know God and to share Jesus. And uh, to dive into that today, I I just kind of thought that an action was a helpful way to think about what this is, because the more deeply we know God up, the more naturally we share Jesus out. So I'm going to ask you to do this with me uh, online or or in, in campus. Put your arms up. The more deeply you know God... All right, good job. If you're thinking you didn't put deodorant on today, I apologize. But just think about God, not your armpits, all right? The more deeply I know God, the more naturally I share Jesus out. So up towards God, deeper out towards Jesus. Does anybody else feel like we're doing some uh, water aerobics here? Up and out, right? And so that's really what we're going to be talking about today is that up and out nature of to know God and follow Jesus, our faith in action. Uh, How many of you would say that you're fans of the Marvel movies? Anybody? All right, we got quite a few. Some of you have watched them, but maybe not a fan. So I'm not going to ruin anything. I mean, if you're planning the next 48 hours to work your way through some of those movies, uh, because that's how long it would take, uh, I'm not going to ruin anything. But at the very first Avengers movie, when the big bad Loki is being introduced, he says these words with an accent I'll never be able to repeat. But he says, I am burdened with glorious purpose. I don't know if you remember that or not, those of you who've seen it, but I'd like to redeem that that phrasing because he used it, you know, basically to say he wanted to take over the world. We'd like to use that phrasing to think about as followers of Jesus, we are burdened with glorious purpose. It is our passionate pursuit to know God and to share Jesus. But I've noticed this. As we become more and more familiar with things, no matter how amazing they are, we tend to lose the wow factor. We tend to lose that, that deepness. Uh, just as a kind of a side example, as, as I pull into this, but you know, this is the time of year where we get fall, spring, then second winter, and then fall, spring again, and then we just keep going back and forth on that. And, and I don't know if you all remember this, but growing up, I don't remember having all these words for all these snowpocalypse types things, right? I don't remember polar vortex. I just remember the blizzard of such and such year, right? But we got polar vortexes that come down. We got thunder snow. I'm sure it existed. I just don't remember the term before. And last night's sleet and snow, all these things. Now, now just think about this. Some of you even right now are experiencing this. All of us probably have in the recent past. You're standing in your living room. You're looking out your window. You're holding a hot cup of something warm. You've got the fire next to you that you flipped on with a switch. And you're looking out the window and you're going, I just hate winter. It's the worst, right? This cold is terrible. Polar vortex, 
right? While you're standing in your socks in the middle of a polar vortex. I mean, think about this. 200 years ago, I mean, imagine telling them how hard you have it right now. They would be dying. And you're like, well, when will this ever end? It's amazing that how we just, we, we don't, Realize, don't take these things, we take everything for granted. We do the same thing in our faith walks. We do the same thing in so many other aspects of our lives. But to know God is such a great privilege, a gift from God Almighty. Not to be taken for granted. But it does amaze me. Because later on today, somebody's going to shoot a ball through the hoop. Or they're going to hit a puck. Okay, how do you hold that thing? They're going to knock a puck through the net. People are going to lose their minds going wild, right? And then we're like in church, hey, you are a child of God. You have, we're talking about communion. You have been forgiven. Jesus paid a price on the cross that you should have paid. And we're all just like, maybe a golf clap. Yeah, that, that's nice. Yet a puck goes in a net and we lose our minds. Like the, the goodness of God is so much greater. And there's so much depth to be had in knowing God. Now, David, King David in the Old Testament, he's coming towards the end of his life and he's passing on the torch to his son Solomon and his life's pursuit is to build a temple just to worship God. And his son is gonna do that. He's pouring everything into that. And one of my favorite passages, 1 Chronicles 29, and we'll we'll put it up here. Yours, O Lord, he just cannot help but be wowed by God. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory the victory, and the majesty. When's the last time that you prayed like this? When's the last time that you went to the Lord and didn't just start with him like a genie? God, here's what I need and here's what I want. Versus, God, you, how are you even, how am I even allowed to talk to you? That you listen to me. Everything in the heavens and on the earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. And I, I, like, I want to keep reading all this. I don't have time to, but there's just so much more. Our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. And he just goes on and on and on. Everything is yours. Glory to yours. When is the last time you were just wowed by who God is? Floored by his majesty. Where you just took time to go, I just need to ponder some of, some of just who God is. Like, wow. I I did have a guy come up to me after the first service and he goes, I am experiencing this right now. At every turn in my life, I just see the wow. And you can see it in his eyes. He's tearing up like, wow, of who God is. So I wanna wanna keep building on that. There's this passage in Proverbs that that I think about from time to time. And and this is me riffing on it a a little bit. Uh, but, But check this out in Proverbs. Let me pull from it. It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. So when I think about this passage, I think about all the incredible scientific discoveries that have led to such incredible technologies and the world that we live in and how God created all of those things from the very beginning. And it has been a blessing to humanity to uncover them. And I, and I, just, I read this and I think, so God is like, Okay, radio waves. I've got, he's got these things flying around from day one. But someday he knows we're going to discover these things and use them to do things like 
share church. Like put, put these things, I mean, right now I have somebody who works with me who's in Australia and we haven't missed a beat with her continuing to work and move stuff forward. That's unbelievable. We just get so used to this. But here's, here's God created these things from the beginning and I kind of wonder, what's next? What does he have out there that we haven't discovered yet that it's just like I can't wait for them to see and all that's gonna, all, all, like I've done this and I kind of wonder sometimes if heaven for eternity isn't us just kind of uncovering more and more mysteries of God that he has sown into the universe that we were gonna get, we are gonna get to enjoy for eternity. Like, wow. And I mean, have you ever just been wowed by who God is? Like God is outside of time. I mean, just think about that. And, and time itself is affected by gravity and speed. The faster you go, the slower time goes. I mean, my head hurts just thinking about these things. But God is bigger than all of them. Just wow, wow. See, we have a a world today where we have been lied to because we have been told that science and faith do not go together. And I am telling you, science and faith are not contradictory. They are complementary. And they are both searching after the very same thing, truth. And when science and faith are chasing truth, they are hand and hand, hand in hand. In fact, most of the amazing discoveries over the last few centuries have been by God-fearing people who just loved exploring and delighting in the creation of God and all its complexities. And we don't hear these stories emphasized very often, but there are scientists even today, uh, regularly, who dive into the complexities of creation and, and, and are just, wow, there's a guy named Francis Collins just recently retired, literally wrote the book on genetics, wrote the book, who started as an atheist and started studying deeper into biology and genetics and these molecular machines and irreducible complexities and the language that's written onto our RNA and DNA. And he's, he's like, I see the handwriting of a divine creator. And it brought him to faith. Like God's, God is so Wow. I feel like so many times we've lost the wow in who he is. And, and I really believe all of us, it's kind of a human thing, we're searching for more. And we, can, we search in all these different places. But I believe God is calling us to search him, seek him. He's the one with the answers. So a number of years back, I've been an Apple computer fan for a lot of years. And I had my brand new G4, the thing was like a, Baby blue color. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, like there's a couple of you in the room. Anybody still using one? Yeah, I doubt it, right? So had my G4 and uh, enjoyed this thing. I don't know what I was working on, some video project. It seemed like an important project at the time. I can't remember what it was. But I was working on that, and I also had a cat in my house, uh, a cat that was, that was half tornado, half animal. And this thing would just, it would attack everything, uh, including your ankles when you were holding a baby. Great, great cat. And so one time I'm working on the computer, I was intent, focused on something, and all of a sudden there's this loud pop, a flash, my computer goes, a cat screams and flies out of the room, and my computer's toast. So computer's dead, cat survived. <laughs> and what do you do when you've got a broken Apple computer? What do you do with it? 
Well, no, most, most services there's somebody who goes, get Adele. Like, no. <laughs> you take it to the Apple geniuses. You take it to its maker. So I took that Apple computer and I went to the genius store. Back, I mean, it was this big thing. I set it up on the counter, had my appointment, and I kid you not, the genius popped open the side. These things have these big sides. The whole, the whole door open. He goes, okay, so tell me what happened and tell him about Tornado Cat and the whole story. And, and he goes, okay. It's like he's heard this before or something. And he, he reaches in and he just taps this button. He closes it up and he goes, I think you're good. <laughs> so we turn it on and it works. I mean, like, I, you might be a Dell or Windows fan. I just got to say, Apple put in an anti-cat device. <laughs> they kind of think of everything. You got a broken apple, you take it to Apple. You've got, a, you've got a broken human searching for more. Where should we go? Our Jesus, our Savior, our Maker, our God. We are, I mean, that is on all of our hearts to seek. It, it, the word says eternity has been placed on our hearts. Like we're searching. We all want that more. And if you search for anywhere else but him, I'm telling you, you're going to come up empty. And we're called to search him. Here are just a couple of examples from Scripture. Here's the first one from Acts. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Next one. Now seek the Lord your God with how much of your heart and soul? All of your heart and soul. And you know what the Greek word for all is? All. It means everything. All right. Next one. The Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, is anyone seek, if anyone seeks God. Real wisdom is seeking out God Almighty. I mean, he is kind of the one who came up with the idea. Next, I love all who love me, God says. Those who search will surely find me. Next, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And the next one here, and this is, I'll just bring it together. With this, these are Jesus' words, but there's so many examples of this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Anybody else, anybody here have some needs? Start with seeking. We always come to the Lord, hey, here's my need. Lord, here's my need. Like, when, when, do we, when do we desperately pray? When we're in desperate need. And we always start with God, me, 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 instead of God, you, you, you. He is the one. And the deeper we go here, the more naturally we go out. Listen, I have been through 22 straight years of school. And that doesn't mean that I had to repeat any of them. 22, I was in the 22nd grade. So some of you third graders, whoa, you got some ahead of you. But that included seminary and all the way through, years of studying deeply the word, the word of God, learning Greek and Hebrew. I, in the last five years alone, I've read through the Bible cover to cover at least three times. I've been preaching on the word of God for almost 20 years. And I'm telling you, almost daily, if not weekly, when I dig into things, I'm like, wow, how have I not seen this before? Wow, God, you, wow, like life-changing truth. Because the deeper you go, the deeper you find the waters to be because God is so much more. There is a wow to knowing him. And when we have a wow, we can't help but talk about it. Am I right? 
Like, how many of you have ever gone to a movie, and at the end of the movie, you're sitting in the theater, and you find yourself just go, wow, that was good. This, by the way, when that happens, this is never what happens afterwards. You're like, wow, that was such a good movie. I am going to tell absolutely no one about it. In fact, this movie, really just for me and the directors, I think I'm going to watch it every week. I love it so much. Probably Sunday mornings, I'm going to spend a couple hours watching this movie, studying it, but I hope nobody asks me about it because I don't want to talk about it. Can you even imagine that? You're wowed by something, you can't help but talk about it. And so the second part of Westwood's purpose, to know God is first, to share Jesus is the second. When we're wowed by him, we, sh- we, we can't help but share who he is. See, we have made evangelism in the church a job, a chore. We've said, use these words, say this language, instead of our heart's passionate pursuit and get to. I mean, listen. We need to learn to talk about Jesus the way, the way coffee drinkers talk to non-coffee drinkers about coffee. Are you with me? I'm not a coffee drinker, so I get this. People are evangelizing me all the time, right? So you're sitting there with your cup of coffee, and you're just like, oh, this is warmth to my body and joy to my soul. How can you not want one of these every day of your life, right? That, I've, I've seen this. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm kind of wanting another cup of coffee right now when you talk about it, right? right? How do we not share what God has so, like we've, we've received. How do we not share? We've been called to it, gifted to it. And, and, and here, maybe, it, maybe it's intimidating because some of us were like, if I were to say, go reach your neighborhood, you'd be like, well, that, how do I do that? Maybe I need to take some classes first. But what if we just changed one word and we used the word Jesus uses and I said, hey, how about you go love your neighborhood? Do you think you could do that? Love your neighbors. Love your coworkers. Love your family. Like, you know what? I actually think I could do that. Love them the way God has loved me. Stop. This is not like the marketing and communications department of the church, how we share Jesus. It is our life's delight to know God and to share Jesus. And that's just it. It should come out of our life. It should come out of the reflection of Jesus at work in our lives. So I'm going to teach you a phrase here. Uh, it goes like this, to live your faith and share your life. So, so often we're like, well, how do I share my, share my faith? Somebody's got to teach me how to do that. No, you just live your faith. Live it in spite of your imperfections. Live it and invite other people in to be a part of it, to see it. I mean, our house, a revolving door, constantly people in and out. And it is our joy to share our life. And, and, and believe me, when you have this many people coming in and you have teenagers, your house is by nature not clean every time they come. Let them see the junk. Let them see the real, because real, your testimony is not you, it's Jesus at work in you. Live your faith and share your life. And in a second here, we're going to take a, take a couple minutes and look at this through the lens of some specific people's lives. Uh, but I want to draw my, this section here to a close with this thought. Oftentimes, uh, and I get to preach in a lot of different churches, when I'm in a church like this, if I ask the question, who here is called to full-time ministry? Uh, guess where people point? 
Oh, if you don't move, I'm going to have to start over. You two online. All right. So in the beginning, we've got some foundational statements. All right. So uh, if I say, who here is called the full-time ministry? Guess where people point? Yeah, up here to the people on the stage, the people who it's their professional job. When I go to most immigrant churches and ask that same question, who here is called to full-time ministry? Guess where the fingers go? Everybody points to themselves. Well, I am. I am. Like there's... This is our calling to know God and to share Jesus. So with that, I want to invite forward one of our ministry partners, uh, Jordan and Nisa, come on up here. And Jordan and Nisa, uh, we're going to explore what it is to know God and share Jesus through the lens of their life uh, and uh, their ministry and their life story. And so super excited to have them here today. Um, And uh, let's just give them a hand as they come up, eh? So as they come up here, a couple things about them that uh, it's just really fun to share. So uh, they pastor a church called Foundations Church. This church was started during the pandemic, (laughs) right? In their garage in North Minneapolis the week that George Floyd was murdered. (laughs) Wow, huh? Yeah. You're going to want to do this a lot while they're talking, so maybe I'll just say hold your applause to the end and then, and then <laughs> let it come because uh, there's going to be a few of those moments along the way. But uh, on top of all that, they're also parents of five kids. So this is a, bring that picture up so we can get a picture there, of there them. There they and, are. Yep. <laughs> I told, Zaya, you're on screen. I told you you'd be on screen, so there you are. Yep. Yep. And so um, as we talk about what it is to know God and to share Jesus. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk about your personal stories of knowing God and uh, let's kind of start the way we have the other ones because their stories are so different. I, I just love this because I think we can all relate to one or the other. Uh, Nisa, would you start us out? How, what's your story of knowing God? Sure. Um, well, I've kind of always known him. Uh, I grew up in a church. Um, we would go to church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and my mom would just have this bag ready. She would have snacks. She would have a blanket because she knew that we would be there all night. So at a certain point, she'll like bust out the blanket, pass some snacks to me in a coloring book, and she'll just continue shouting or doing whatever she's doing um, at church. And then on Sundays, it was five of us. So she would just like shuffle um, I think like me and my other bigger siblings out and then a couple would stay back to help her and they would drive to church but grew up in church um, I would be at school reading my bible in the lunchroom and I would have my friends like what are you doing like I'm like did you read you know about this and they're like girl like we're talking about this party over here you're sitting over here reading this bible and I'm just <laughs> like well I mean yeah um, <laughs> so I was kind of always that girl that I didn't really fit in with what everybody was doing, and that's okay. Um, now that I'm an adult, I'm almost 35, and I'm just like, I'm finally realizing, like, God did not create me to fit in, but to stand out, to mm. do what he's called me to do. And I'm I'm okay with that. Like, growing up, it was hard, because I'm just like, oh, what, what are you guys doing? Oh, nothing. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> you were the good kid. I know this. Yeah. <laughs> when I went on a vacation once, it's so like people are standing around with their drinks. And they're like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I'm a pastor. And then everybody just like <laughs> yep, disappeared. Like, oh. <laughs> like nobody wanted to hang out with us. Right. Like, like, I get it. Yep. Yes. I get it. Wow. All right. So always known Jesus. Yep. And always, and don't like as parents, aren't we like, I want my kids to have that testimony, right? Yeah. But that isn't everybody's testimony. So yeah. uh, Jordan, why don't you tell us yours? It's definitely not everybody's testimony. <laughs> Some of us got to get whacked upside the head a few times. <laughs> um, 
But for me, so I came to faith at 19, um, but I always knew God was real. So um, I grew up in a home where my mother was a Buddhist. Um, my father, he didn't really have a particular belief. Um, so when we would go and visit him, it was just, hey, how you doing? Um, no church, nothing like that. Me and my mom, I remember debates um, back and forth of God is real. Jordan, God isn't real. Just listen to me. But something on the inside of me, I just knew he was real. So I'm this 9, 10-year-old kid knowing that God is real, but not knowing where, how, who, what, when, why, anything. But I just Wait, you know. knew each other at that age, right? Yes. Yeah. So Lisa, what was, your, what was your perception of Jordan at that age? Listen, he uh, would always say, my mom would come. She, we went to one of the churches where you wear the big hats and we're shouting and praising and falling out. And she would drop us off. And he told me he would kind of look out the window and I was nine. He was, we were both nine. And um, my sister lived across the hall from him. And I'm just like, man, he's bad. And he just said a cuss word. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just sitting here like, wow. So I would never. But it, it was cool. She's been in love with me since that day. Oh. <laughs> you too. Oh, true, true, true. But um, that, so yeah, and I remember seeing her mom when I never knew what those hats were for. <laughs> like, a little old, like, oh, those are church hats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I, I just grew up um, knowing God was real, but not knowing where. Um, so through just years of trials and tribulations, um, one day I decided to just read the Bible. Um, I started, I called my grandma, I said, hey, I'm thinking about trying this Jesus guy out. Where do I start? And she tells me, first she gives me all of this praise. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. She's thanking God and everything, and she's so excited. And she's like, start in Matthew. And I'm like, Matthew? I'm like, I had kind of looked through it. I'm like, well, can I just start in the beginning? And she's like, that is the beginning, but it's not the beginning, but you'll get it later. And I'm like, okay, explain it to me. So long story short, I started in Matthew and because um, she wanted me to just learn about Jesus. So I started in Matthew, and I read Matthew chapter 1 through chapter 28 in one sitting. Um, without, I mean, besides going to the bathroom or grabbing a snack, um, it was just straight through because it just drew me. Like, I knew as I was reading it that this was real, that Jesus, everything I was reading was the truth. And I remember when I got to the crucifixion of Jesus, I was sitting up um, in a little more transparency. Um, I was in a jail cell, so I was sitting up. And I was reading and I just shouted out, no, you can't kill him. Like, no, he didn't do anything. He's innocent. You know, I'm just shouting these words out because, like, I'm reading this as if it's a novel, but it's the Bible. But I'm, like, really feeling this book. Like, oh, my gosh, like, they're going to kill this guy who did nothing wrong and just helped people. And the guy below me, he, you know, goes, hey, what's wrong? What's going on? And I start telling him about Jesus. So <laughs> I'm telling him the book of Matt. Oh, I'm reading this story and this guy and he was healing people who were sick and he fed people and he loved people and now they want to kill him for no reason and he didn't do anything. And he starts laughing. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? He's like, dude, everybody knows who Jesus is. <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't. <laughs> like, this is new to me. So I'm like, if you know who he is, like, how do you not feel this? Like, how does this not change your life? And I literally became an evangelist that day without even knowing what it was, what it meant. Never heard of Billy Graham or anything. I just knew I needed to talk about this guy. 
And I went on the unit when the doors opened and I started talking about Jesus to people on the unit. And everybody's laughing at me. And I'm like, why are y'all laughing? And it come to find out everybody had heard about Jesus <laughs> and his story except for me. And I knew, though, in, the, in that moment, I knew, like, this is something I'm supposed to do the rest of my life. Amen. I don't know what it is or what it looks like, but I know that all the answers that I've been searching for, because I was lost my whole life. I was lost. All the answers that I needed from all of the years of feeling lost were in that book. Mm. Um, and I spent the next 18 months um, drinking coffee up late at night. Um, <laughs> that's You're one funny, of those, huh? Yeah, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> I'm going to convince Ben to drink coffee it's one not day. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I spent the next 18 months just reading the Bible, and that was it, because I wanted to know everything that God had to say. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, just to hear that. Okay, we're clapping. And I, and I feel like we could keep diving into the no God stories, yeah. but I want to take our time here and just kind of shift to that natural no God, share Jesus, and look at that through a couple lenses. One, your ministry as a church, and there's some programs that have kind of come out of that, and then, and then some personal pieces as well. So thinking about the ministry, I know there's a couple pieces. One kind of blends the personal and action. So can you tell us about You Matter and what, what brought that on and what, what that is? Yeah. Okay. Well, just a quick history. Um, I've always been that type of person who's just like, oh, there's trash on the ground. Let me pick it up. So on lunch breaks at work, I used to go and pick up trash. And sometimes he would call me from jail and I'd press zero. Hello and wait. And I'm, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, picking up trash. Um, so fast forward, um, uh, my birthday, 2018, he's like, well, babe, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I'm just like, well, I don't want to go out to eat. He's like naming all these things. They sounded fun. And I'm just like, actually, I just want to go feed the homeless. So we were driving um, over South one day to his mom's house. And on the way there, there was like five or six tents lined up. And I'm just like, babe, what is that? And he was just like, well, that's the homeless encampment. And I'm like, are you serious? And I'm like, okay. And I just felt something in my heart. So when he was asking me this, I'm just like, you know what? I want to go back to that place. I want to put up a tent. I want to get water, barbecue. And I want to do all this fun stuff for them. And I want to celebrate my birthday with them because not probably ever have they been able to or recently been able to celebrate their birthday or have someone celebrate them. So we're doing this. So I start looking through the refrigerator and grabbing like the hot dogs that I bought for the kids <laughs> and some hot dog buns and just getting some stuff together. I'm like, babe, how much money do we have? Like, can we? And he's like, babe, babe, slow down, slow down. Like, we don't even have like gas. Like, we just moved into this house like a month and a half ago. We got three kids. Like, and I'm just like, whatever, God will provide. That is and that's true. always me. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, God will provide. So long story short, we're like calling friends. They're like, okay, we'll bring some shoes. Okay, I can donate some pants. And everybody's kind of helping out, donating stuff. So we're driving there. I'm, I'm looking at the gas as he's driving. And I can tell he's kind of like, oh, baby. <laughs> but he's always supportive. We get there. It's a, it's a blessing. Um, we pray with people. We pick up trash and needles that were all over. We, we always have our kids there with us whenever we can. Um, there was kids getting, um, I think at that time, it was summertime, but there was another time where kids were getting ready to go back to school. But during this time, um, we were able to do so much um, to help the people, and um, it was just a blessing. We get home that, that night, and in the mailbox, there was a check for $250, and I'm like, see, told you, babe, God will provide. <laughs> so I'm like, we can go put gas in the car. We can go buy some more food to give to people. And he's just like, all right, babe. So the next day, I believe, I called up some more people, all over our kitchen, I had these styrofoam um, like trays, and I made breakfast, 
for about, was it about 100 trays I was able to do? Eggs, sausage, and fruit. And we brought them down there. We're passing them out. My daughter, um, Naomi, she's helping us pass them out. And it was just, it was a blessing. And we've been doing it ever since. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so what are y'all planning for your next birthday? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and then another big piece of the ministry you guys have started is uh, YEC, Youth Empowerment Club. Can you just tell us about that and why that's close to your heart in particular? Um, well, I'll start with this close to my heart because um, when I was young, I didn't really have a lot of guidance or mentorship. Um, and the mentorship and the guidance that was around um, probably wasn't um, the mentorship and the guidance I should have had. You weren't hanging around with Nisa very often. I was not hanging around with Nisa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, it's just on my heart to reach the youth. Um, it's that, and then it's the fact that, you know, statistics say that a lot of young people are walking away from the church. Um, and that's hurtful to me because, like Timothy Keller said, the church has created a lot of problems and there has been issues, but also the church is where the answer is. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like young people might be frustrated or walking away from the church, but it's like this is the place to be. Jesus is where the answers are. So it's just a double-hearted, you know, mentorship, but also being there for them and letting them know that God cares. Um, and basically what we do is on Thursday nights, um, we have kind of like a church youth group, um, and basically the kids come in, they get food, they have games, activities. We do what's called healing circles. So we work with kids from the North Minneapolis, Fridley, Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park area. Um, and basically we have a healing circle where they can just talk about the different traumas, um, different things they've been through, and we kind of create a topic behind it. So if the topic is, I don't know, sad this week and then that'll be the, the general topic um, in the group and then we talk about Jesus as well um, and then the icing on the cake is technology so we believe that not only should we be there for them mentally spiritually physically but also how can we help them to see that there's other things in life besides just what's in front of them mm -hmm. and a lot of times we don't really have a hope or a belief that we can do something different because we don't have the access or the opportunity to know it's there or to be able to reach out and grab it tangible palpable personal they say those are the three things that you need to really get people engaged in something so that's kind of what like technology you use it every day on your phone and so now we're teaching them coding we're teaching them how to make music um through coding and just different elements and things like that. Yeah, that's amazing. So thank you. And that's kind of the church program. And then just a little bit through your personal lens, because I know you have experienced um, trauma that God has used, uh, tragedy that he has used to do some pretty amazing things. And you know, just share a little bit of that. I mean, I know one kind of even a recent recent hurt. Yeah, so um, I guess I could fast forward or, I mean, rewind, I should say. Um, if I rewind about five years, um, April 2017, my brother was killed. Um, so when that happened, I started working with a lot of guys um, who are kind of involved in activities they shouldn't be involved in. And um, guys started coming to get baptized, coming to get to know the Lord, um, just having questions and wanting to go to church. And we started hosting meetings um, at a church and things like that. Um, and I noticed that through that tragedy my family was going through, that God was triumphant mm. because even though I lost my brother, um, heaven and, you know, they gained someone. But also at the same time, multiple people accepted Jesus Christ. Um, numerous people wanted to get baptized and come into the kingdom of God and talk about life change. So 
one person was lost, but so many other people were saved. So tragedy became God being triumphant. Then fast forward five years, the reason why that's important is because one of the young men who was baptized then, um, he passed away. He was murdered this past February. And um, God did the same thing again. That tragedy turned into God becoming triumphant um, through the situation. And at his funeral, um, which was at our church last month, I believe there's a picture of it. Um, so, yeah. So there was, I don't know, maybe five, six hundred people there. And all of these young people just wanted to stand in a circle um, and accept Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and we went down the Romans Road with them, um, had talks and conversations with them about what it looks like accepting Christ, how we can help us change. And even being in a jail cell, people would consider that that's a tragedy. But for me, it was maybe one of the best blessings in my life outside of my wife and my kids because I was able to get to know Christ. And that what is a tragedy to some people was God becoming triumphant. Mm. And now I've been able to work with a lot of people um, like in that picture who are dealing with some of those same struggles. Um, a lot of men, a lot of women, me and my wife have just been able to work with a lot of people in that crowd because of our pa my past situations and circumstances. So I just am a firm believer that God turns tragedy into triumph somewhere, some point in our life, even if we don't see it. If we have the faith mm. to believe, to get through it, we'll see God win out. Amen. Amen. And you guys, you really do um, live your faith and share your life in so many ways. It's, it's just amazing. I'm so thankful for you. Mm -hmm. And, and as uh, the people of this church think about, hey, as we know God and are called to share Jesus uh, and are looking for, now, nobody's called to do everything, but everybody's called to do something. Amen. Uh, so I just want to ask you two if that's something for some of the people here is coming alongside some things you already have going on. What, what are some opportunities there that that, that, that could be, that, that could happen. Um, our You Matter is always looking for volunteers. Um, we pack um, bags for You Matter. My wife can explain it. And in our YEC club, um, I believe Westwood sent over a meal before or something. Um, and we've gotten some gift cards before. Um, and then if someone wants to be a program night volunteer or have any ideas on like technology and things um, that can really engage the youth, um, we want to just show them and give them access to something they don't normally have. Mm -hmm. My wife can talk about You Matter. Yeah, so with You Matter, um, usually like around April, we'll start sending out invites to people to come help us start off by packing our You Matter care bags. It's just like filled with essential items and different resources for people, especially people who are um, dealing with homelessness. Um, and we also kind of train people, um, trying to get them comfortable. Like when we bring them out, like you can either be a prayer par partner, you can just um, pick up trash or you can help carry things, whatever, or just come to observe that day just to kind of get more familiar with it. But there's a lot of opportunity for you guys to come and help out and just get that experience. So we go north Minneapolis, right into the trenches um, and, you know, right there on, what is it, Broadway and Lindell, all over South Minneapolis. And um, we get down in there because I know Jesus would do it. Um, and I know he's always with us wherever we go, so I know I'm always protected. Um, and, yeah, so if you guys want to get involved, let me know. For those of you who don't know, the trenches would be like an area of extreme poverty or crime. 
if, <laughs> if you did not yep. but that is the trenches. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, just praise God for you too. And I just like to end our time with prayer mm-hmm. and uh, as we are all praying and thinking about this. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for who you are. And I, I really know, Lord, the more that we know you, the more that we we know your heart, the more that we receive for you, the more naturally, Lord, we share that. And I thank you for that incredible example tragedy to triumph, uh, joy in all these ways, bringing you matter and, and so many other things that you are using these two to do for your kingdom. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would guard them, that you would, Lord, use them and use us. Lord, use every person that we're connecting with here today to, to do and be about the things you've already prepared for us ahead of time. Amen. In your name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Now, one last question, because everybody at the first service was like, okay, what's the name of your church again, and how do we contact you? So it's Foundations Church, and if they wanted to find you online, what would they do? Uh, foundationschurch2020.org. All right. And our website will have everything. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Amen. Can we give them a hand? Thank you.